this industry excels at one thing, it is adaptability and flexibility. And I see it all the time, you know, that we're able to kind of be nimble and jump into new mediums. So I think that virtual events, they may not be my favorite things, but I mean, here we are. The good news is that this industry, I think, is doing a really good job stepping up to the plate. Welcome to the Promo Kitchen Podcast. This week, we're very excited to have the one and only Michelle Bell, who's Vice President of Editorial and Special Events for ASI. We also have joining her, Jake Krolik, who is the Executive Creative Director of Marketing for ASI. We are bringing them both on because they recently had the Counselor Awards. And as is so noted of this time is it was moved from a physical event to a virtual event, which as this event is usually known as prom within the promo (laughs) industry, we had to take that away because if high schoolers can't have it, we can't have it either. (laughs) It went virtual. And so we wanted to sort of break down what happened with the decision making and kind of pull back the curtain and see how this got made and what happened for it. So welcome, Michelle and Jake. Thanks, guys. Kate, thank you to you and Johanna for having both Jake and I. We really appreciate it. We're excited to be with you. Awesome. Good stuff. So guys, tell us a little bit about what you each do at ASI and your involvement in the annual Counselors Awards. And Michelle, we can start with you. Sure. Thank you, Johanna. Well, as Kate said, part of my job, not only on the editorial side, is special events. And insofar as my role at ASI, that entails three things typically. The Distributor Choice Awards, which is in conjunction with the Orlando Show, the Counselor Awards, which are typically held in Chicago during the summer, and then the Power Summit, which is always later in the fall. I work with somebody who's a very good events planner named Trisha Walter at ASI, and she really is the person who kind of puts it all together physically to do it. What I try to do, ladies, is honestly, I make sure we have top shelf alcohol. I pick the color scheme. I pick the flowers, and then I get out of her way. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) I work in conjunction with her. We pick locations and things like that. But when we have a physical activity, a special event, it's really Trisha who puts it together. This year, because we obviously had to pivot, like many other companies and entities are, you know, we realized probably in April, we started having the initial conversations, what if, right? What if things don't turn around? What if we have to go virtual? You know, there are 10 people that we present individual awards to that we selected back in February before all of this happened. So we knew in February that Joanne Lance, for example, and Carol DeVille, you know, and the rest of them were going to be our award winners, but we wanted to make sure that they were lauded in a celebratory way, even though we couldn't be there in person. So we started back in April, probably having weekly meetings on what this looked like. And, you know, while I'm used to handling the physical side and can provide the editorial content, it was really Jake and his team who kind of crystallized what it was going to look like as a virtual event. So if I jumped into that, it'll just keep this flowing. I'm our executive creative director and Most of the time, I'm working on the marketing pieces that are coming out of ASI. I direct a great team of 12 people who handle everything. But for the events, really what Michelle was saying, and specifically for this event, my group handled all of the marketing and the creation of the logos, the invites. And then I set the look and feel of what the video was going to be with my motion graphic designer. His name is Josh Burleson. 
And then the two of us kind of worked through the entire thing as a 40-minute show and put the whole thing together as one video then. That's amazing. So it couldn't have been an easy decision to move to virtual. To be honest, I've never been to prom here. So Joe (laughs) has, but I haven't, which is ridiculous. Maybe next year I'll get an invite there, Michelle. (laughs) It is ridiculous, and you most definitely should come. (laughs) And I have to say, you both are downplaying everything you do to make it special. I go every year. I'm in Chicago, so that's really fun for me. But just this morning, my husband said, what podcast are you recording today? And I said, oh, you know that really cool board show I I get to go to every year? Those were my words. And he said, yeah, that's awesome. And I explained what the podcast would be about. And you guys do a lot of behind the scenes work to make it really special. And I know it's something I look forward to every year. It's an honor to attend. Michelle, you always hook up the table. Don't discredit yourself. I always get the best people to on my table. You know, there's some behind the scenes work there. For someone that attends it every year, it's a great event. And I always look forward to it. Thank you, Joanna. I mean, Kate, just to give you a point of reference, somebody said to me last year, and I thought, you know, that's really interesting. That's a great way to look at it. It's for about 450 on average people. It's invite only and it's black tie. And the way we host it, there's assigned seating and, you know, there's open bar and it's top shelf. And, you know, it's this wonderful formal event, but it's basically like planning a huge wedding every single year. With that comes all of the excitement and the great stuff and all of the craziness and insanity behind the scenes. But Think about planning a wedding for 450 people every single year. It's a lot, but we've been doing it for so long, so we kind of have it down. And Trisha is really the person, but there is a lot that goes behind the scenes. And, you know, (laughs) ladies, our group in this industry can be a little crazy, a little crazy (laughs) AF. So one of my favorite things every season is getting the requests from people who don't want to sit with this one because they used to have a fight with them and they don't want to sit with this one because they used to hook up with them, but they don't anymore. I mean, it really is like high school. It cracks me up. I won't do that again next year, Michelle. You didn't have to wrap me out. <laughs> I didn't want to use your name. <laughs> you should see the list that I wrote down just to talk to you guys today. I have this laundry list of all the things that we normally go through each year. And it's really insane when you look at it on paper, because it's everything, literally from finding and booking locations to picking out the food, florists, photographers, after parties, shipping awards. The seating thing alone is over a month process. And I'm not going to sell Michelle out here, but I think that most people know she does it manually because it is so insane. And she does it on this giant paper board every year that gets hung up in her office. And it's really hilarious to see her having to cut paper and put little names in different spots because people really go and say every year, like, I cannot sit there. I hate this person. I used to sleep with that person. It's honestly, I I know way too much, ladies. Let me tell you. Oh, we need to have some Grey Goose and I want to hear all this (laughs) gossip. (laughs) You know, one of my favorite things, though, and Joanna, you know, perhaps you can attest to this as well. Tim Andrews, our CEO has a thing where he would prefer us never to be in a hotel ballroom just because he finds them very kind of static and boring. So the the one exception he has ever made is the one year we were in New York and it was at the Plaza, which of course, if you're going to be in New York, have a formal event at the Plaza. His one mandate, Trisha and I, is find me a great location. He doesn't like to duplicate. That's not a hotel ballroom. So, you know, we're a very large group. So we kind of cycle through these different things. So one year we were at a museum and 
we were able to have docents give our guests tours of different exhibits. And one year we were on the water in Chicago. And, you know, Joanna, you, of course, more than anybody knows all these beautiful locations that you guys have in Chicago. So we really do put a lot of thought into where we're going to have this event because, you know, people come and they're in ball gowns and they're in tuxes and it's just such a nice experience for them. And I really give credit to Tim and the Cones for doing this because ladies, between us gals and Jake, it is not a inexpensive event. You know? Not at all. Joanna, what was your favorite location you were at in Chicago over the last years? I think the Field Museum. I mean, I have kids, so we go, and I just thought it was super magical. We were like close to the dinosaur. The dinosaur. Yeah, exactly. So I thought that was a really fun one and special. We're running out of locations in Chicago. <laughs> I can hopefully can help brainstorm for next year. I would love that. <laughs> yeah. So in the idea that it is this giant wedding that you're hosting, there must be so many personal touches beyond the so-and-so is not sitting next to so-and-so. And so what sort of personal touches that you usually factor into the event? And that can be for the people attending, but it can also be the award recipients. Like, what do you do? One of the big things that I think people look for each year, we do personalized videos for every one of the award recipients. And so when they're led up onto the stage, they have this kind of fanfare best of video that plays for 30 or 40 seconds talking about who they are and what they have done and the reasons that they've won, which is a really kind of a wonderful thing that we do for people. And then they look for them each year and we get requests to send them their individual videos each year too. Yeah. And I would say that it could be something as simple as you know, if one of our award winners likes a certain kind of tequila, I'll make sure that we have that kind of tequila for them. Or, you know, we'll send a person a bottle of champagne to their table. You know, I really kind of look at who the winners are and what I know about them. This year, of course, because we were virtual, it was a little bit different. We worked with a really great supplier named Chow, who does these kind of origami invitations that were a pop-up of the Chicago skyline, which we thought were beautiful. And we sent those to each of the CEOs of the top 40 companies and the 10 individual winners. So they would have each got not only an Evite, which I think serves its purpose in this world we're all living in right now, but I much prefer taking it old school and getting a mailed, really thick stock paper invite in the mail. We were able to do this this year where it was kind of like a pop-up origami of the Chicago skyline, just kind of acknowledging that we all know what we're missing, right? I think Jake's team did a fantastic job with the virtual event, but given our druthers, we of course would always rather to be with everybody in person. Completely. Yeah. We very much miss that physical camaraderie and the after parties that follow. Oh yeah. But I do love how you used promo as a way to kind of add that personal touch for everything. Like I know a lot of people are canceling events or moving them to virtual and trying to figure out how to still make it special. And a personalized card with the Chicago skyline sounds like an amazing way to have that extra touch point. Yeah, it was quite beautiful. They did a really great job with it. But, you know, it's hard, Kate and Joanna, because, you know, you're talking about special events and industry events where we are all so used to connecting in person and feeling that collegial, familial way we all have. And how do you translate that to a virtual event? It's a tightrope, that's for sure. This is, as you said, such an exciting event. And again, we mentioned it before, people call it the industry prom, if you will. <laughs> Did you guys at all worry when 
you decided to make it virtual that it would like lose a little luster? What were some initial concerns? As soon as we started talking about it, I wasn't personally worried. I don't think that any of us were worried so much because the current situation, you know, COVID had backed us into a corner where we knew we wanted to still hold this, but we needed to come up with a creative solution. And as soon as we started working it out, we thought, you know what, this could be pretty good. We could be pretty happy about it. When you start to think about where our numbers were, this was an invite-only event for years before, that when we opened it up to the entire industry, it was free and it was able to have anyone attend, we thought it would really work. And clearly it did. I wasn't worried for us because I knew we could pull it off because we have a great team behind us. I'll be honest with you, I was beside myself about the winners. So let me just start with Joanne Lance, right? So for only the fifth time, much to my chagrin, in 55 years, we were giving the top honor to a woman. And this year of all years, we can't give it to her in person. And that just broke my heart. So it wasn't that I was concerned that we wouldn't be able to pull off the event. I was upset that these people, this was their big year, right? And I felt like that they were kind of getting gypped out of, you know, all of the fanfare and everything that would go into the awards and the celebratory nature of it that everybody else, their predecessors have gotten. So I was concerned about that. To their credit, not one of the 10 seemed to be bothered by it. They were thrilled. They were humble. They were magnanimous about it. But I was worried about them, honestly. Well, the reason the show is successful because of those feelings, right? This is not just another part of your job. You have deep-rooted feelings, and it sounds like you're happy for them when they win something, and you're probably sad for people when they don't win, and those are just things that make this better because you actually really care about it. Thank you. Yeah. So do you have any plans next year to sort of acknowledge, I think, the missing year of 2020 and, <laughs> and the winners then? Yeah, we do, actually. You know, we do. I've talked about it with people on our team, and I think that the way to do it is without, of course, taking away from the people who will win, that maybe we start the event with Tim going up on stage because he kind of hosts the event, you know, the MC of the event, and having him acknowledge the 10 winners from this year who we couldn't celebrate in person. So for sure, we would do that. Interesting. And what sort of responses have you gotten? How are your numbers compared now that it's open to everyone to watch? Like, are they much higher? And what sort of response did you get from everyone besides where's the after party? <laughs> um, it was overwhelmingly positive. I can't think of one negative comment. And when I say overwhelming, you know, my phone, Tim's phone, Chris Lovell's phone blowing up all night on how impressed people were. So Kate, typically, as I said, on any given year, you know, the number for the banquet could be four, maybe 422. I think the highest we've ever had aside from this year when it was virtual, was the year that Chuck Bandos and Dave Saraceno were two of the winners. And that year we had over 500. And also, by the way, a bar bill that was so epic that I thought I was going to have to put Tim Andrews on a drip and give him a bag to breathe into. But it was fun. It was a fun event. So typically we fall within those numbers. This year we had 800 plus pre-registered. And the people who have tuned in after the fact to watch, I think, we're close to a thousand on top of that. So to Jake's point, you know, here's a whole group of people that would have never been able to experience what we do at the Counselor Awards, and they now have gotten to see it. In hindsight, would there be anything that you would have changed about the event where you're just like, oh, we kind of wish we'd done this or 
think about something that you wish you'd had more time to fit in? We both said at the end, Michelle and I have hosted a few Zoom happy hours for the industry over the last months that maybe we should have done a some sort of a Zoom happy hour after the end of the event so that people had an after party of sorts to go in to say hi to each other. That part was a little sad that we didn't have anything. Yeah, I agree. We should have had something where people could have kind of like a virtual cocktail party because I will tell you, ladies, the big question I got the minute that it ended, the minute the video stopped playing last Wednesday, and Jake's right, it was about 40 minutes long. The amount of text emails and DMs I got saying people are going, are we going to the lodge now? Are we going to the lodge now? <laughs> so, you know, the lodge is one of my favorite dive bars in Chicago. I'm sure Johanna knows exactly what I'm talking about, but that's where everybody always goes after the prom, council prom, right? So it was just very cute to me that people were saying, are we going now? Are we going now? Yeah. <laughs> it, it'd be interesting to see if next year, like new traditions are made, like if this is like a hiccup in routine and if it starts anything new that people do, mm-hmm. yeah. don't know what that could be, but yeah. I mean, it's going to be a big year of learning, right? I mean, our jobs have changed in so many ways, all of us, supplier, distributor, and it's definitely going to be an interesting year. I think we're all taking notes on what we like from different types of events that we're attending virtually, you know, for ourselves and for our clients. I know yeah. I am following Biz Bash is a big one for me. I feel like they've been giving some really good tips. For you guys, have there been any favorite events you've attended that you felt like, oh, I should take this, I should take that? Anything that really stuck out to you this year? It's interesting. I've been attending quite a few virtual events since March. There's definitely been points that stick out to me. I wrote down a few notes about some of the things that I like about virtual events. I like when sessions are fast, that they're you know between 15 and 20 minutes, and then they offer me a breakout room where I can have a deeper dive and have a discussion about that. And for the people that don't want to be in there and having that discussion, they don't have to go into that breakout room. I think that the maybe even a bigger point is the energy levels. I'm sure you've all been in front of your computer screen in a meeting where people don't want to be in it or in an event. Having someone who is running the event with a lot of energy is really key, especially when you're locked onto Zoom or on Teams or whatever platform you're using. The ability to ask questions really easily while you're in the event, whether or not you're able to actually physically raise your hand and show you on screen or whether you're just typing in a question is really key. And interaction. I think that just sitting back and having someone talk to you through the entire time doesn't work for me always. I like to be asked questions as we go. I like to do the breakout rooms. I like games or challenges, especially things where events where I've been asked to bring something with me into the conference. I wrote down a few things that I've really liked. Shutterstock ran one of my favorite live online events. A few months ago, they did a panel on diversity, and they asked us to each bring with us an ad that represented diversity from our industries. And I thought that was wonderful because it immediately sparked us to take action and then share something that was really good. So I would say that those stand out. I've attended so many now. I've attended one on WeWork, which is, for anyone listening, WeWork, they're basically workspaces outside of your own office. And they held a panel early in this pandemic on the state of working remotely. And they did a huge Q&A and discussion. This was a three-hour event. 
And we were like three weeks into the pandemic. And this was amazing because there were 500 of us on here. And we were able to ask each other questions and to communicate and start to share. And it really felt like a giant group therapy session when we walked away. So those were two that I wanted to call out. That's awesome. I'm actually super familiar with WeWork. And if you're not familiar with WeWork, you live under a rock. But I have a Chicago office and we are in a WeWork. And so they're really good at the networking and team building aspects of all things. So I'm not surprised they put on that event. We actually shut it down as soon as COVID hit, just knowing that we weren't going to be wanting to go to an office every day with strangers and, and we'll revisit it soon. But they do have a great business model. I'm sure they'll survive this, even though this is a crazy time for shared workspaces. I know they're doing a lot to protect people. But yeah, they do a really good job at a lot of different types of events. We also aren't unfamiliar with virtual events. Listen, many, many years ago, ASI launched the virtual trade show. And we ran a virtual trade show for a few years in a row. Now, granted, this wasn't during a pandemic and people didn't have to attend it, but we were still seeing numbers on any given virtual trade show in the 150 to 400 range at any given time in there. I went into this pretty familiar with the idea of virtual events. When push comes to shove, it's all based on what our current climate is. And if we were all able to work in a regular situation right now, we would all probably not want to attend virtual events. We would want to continue to see people face to face. We're in the situation again because our power summit is coming up and we immediately have had to go into change mode and change the power summit this year into a virtual event. As Michelle knows, I run an event called Women's Empowerment Event in Canada and ASI is a wonderful sponsor of them. And our conversation started in February when we're like, okay, well, we should come up with something. And we actually canceled in early March for a May event. And we were considered early and overreacting at that time. So we're kind of in the thick of things right now, like as we're recording, it's July 30th. And so where does your decision making now that everything is a little more crazier in the US right now? Yeah. Kate, we decided to go virtual with that. So it really came down to where our location was. So the location for this year's Power Summit was going to be in Pasadena, California, <laughs> which is unfortunately one of the hot zones here in the U.S. So we knew pretty quickly that that was not going to be viable as we all kept watching the news and the weeks ticked down, you know. So we talked to the location we were going to have it at the Langham Hotel, which is a beautiful property in Pasadena, and we're able to roll it over next year. And then we decided, you know, look, we're going to have to pivot and do content for maybe half a day from, you know, 12 to 5 with a happy hour where I think we would announce the Power 50 as we would do at the real event, at the actual event. And we're in planning mode now. We wanted to get past the counselor awards and now we are starting that. So that's at the end of October, October 22nd. So in answer to your question, Kate, like we are full on now in planning mode. Interesting. And so, Michelle, for you, what works and what doesn't work for virtual events? What are you liking that's out there? <laughs> oh, Kate, you know me better than that. I prefer things in person. I'm not a virtual events kind of gal. You know, I like them, Kate, and I can adapt to them when they're more social, like the counselor words and things like that. I struggle when it comes to things like virtual trade shows, honestly. And here's why. Our industry is so tactile. 
I think, you know, we're used to being in person, but also to pick up a product and to touch a product and to see samples. I understand that it's a necessity right now, but to me, nothing beats a live in-person event. So I really haven't dove in as heartily as Jake has into events, to be perfectly honest with you. But that's kind of perfect too, because I mean, we're all kind of split right now between there's some of us who love it. It's perfect. We log on, we log off and we can adapt to this virtual world. And then there's the other half who are like you. So I think having with you and Jake on the board being like, this is what works for virtual and you being like, I would hate that in real life. <laughs> be a fantastic balance. Yeah, we do have good balance. We are very yin and yang with several things. Yeah. <laughs> Talk it through being like, no, that's not for me. <laughs> I gotta say, Kate, we're like that too a little. Kate and I have been working together now super closely since January because we're both chairs of Promo Kitchen. And there's definitely times where I say, please do the heavy lifting on this. And she'll say, sure. You know, same thing. You got to just be honest about your strengths. It's like any relationship. No, I get it. And Kate, I remember seeing the communications for we, which, you know, of course, like you, I would have attended every year. And I remember seeing that you guys were going to go virtual. And honestly, I can't think of anybody who did it earlier than you guys. But I remember thinking, gosh, that's smart. You know, you got to do it. You got to just wrap your hands around it and your arms around it and go all in. So I know people probably thought it was too early to do it. I was not one of those people because your event typically, correct me if I'm wrong, is in May. Yeah. You know, if you didn't do it, then, you know, when, if not then. Yeah. And that was the tough part. And I know so many people are going through this, even looking forward to the future. Like for we, a lot of our balance was, okay, we're having this many people come up from the States. I think the numbers were like 40% of our attendees were from the States. Sure. And we hadn't gotten the numbers that we knew we would get to, but it was 40% were coming from the States. We were hearing rumors of the border being shut down, which as of right now, it still is. And But you're welcome to escape here anytime you want, Michelle. I'm going to hold you to that, sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it was just sort of like, okay, this much of our audience is over 50, so high risk. And this many people have kids, so they're also, you know, more of a risk. Yeah, you start breaking down the numbers and you're just kind of like, this wouldn't make sense. And if anything happened, we'd feel awful. And yeah, you look at all your audiences, even for trade shows, it's like, okay, is this going to happen or is this too much of a high risk? It's funny. I, I was talking to Paul Palantone last week because we catch up every so often. And I said, no offense, I said, you know, it's been crazy from an editorial standpoint for my editorial team, because the news cycle is simply so fast right now, right? Things change so quickly to, so to have to keep up with that content. So I have my hands full, but if there's one person I would not want to be right now for all the tea in China, it's an event planning person who handles trade shows. My God. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a tough spot to be in. Yeah. It really is just insane to think about the next year and so many unknowns. I keep on saying, my life is a series of I don't know right now. And and look at events next year. You know, the biggest Kickstarter to any industry is CES. And they just announced that they're going to be going digital in January. So, Yeah, I saw that today, too. That was a huge announcement. Huge announcement sort of makes everyone in our industry take a deep breath and say, like, we're in it, right? Like, the other announcement you should be looking at is Google. Google saying to their employees that they will be working remotely until June. Yeah. That would be a virtual event that I would actually be fascinated to log into would be CESs, simply because 
So typically every year I send a reporter to that show to cover it for us for Counselor Magazine. And, you know, there are so many product launches and innovations that come out of that show that it is a very kind of in-person, visual, again, tactile show. So I will be fascinated to see how a show of that scale with, you know, 200,000 attendees or whatever it is, how they handle that, that I'll be watching. Yeah. And all these conversations I've been having with other suppliers about trade shows and the future of them, because there's so many, like, what's important to each person, like, the networking is important to this person, but the product launchability is important to this person. And the reconnecting with old clients is important here. And you're never going to have one platform that does it all. And it's been interesting seeing all the startups too that are doing it. Like there's one startup and it's almost like a town hall. So you can kind of go in and you can start listening and on conversations the closer you get to people as well. So it's, you're like a little sim walking around and it's like, oh, okay. That's what our future is now. We're little virtual people. <laughs> oh, no. No. <laughs> forever, Jake. <laughs> no. I, you know, people were pushing me towards looking at video game platforms for a while because there were pop-up concerts going on in them and there were pop-up events where people were actually in avatars going around and watching things in the video game world. I think that's where my level of enjoyment cuts off there. I'm good with virtual events to a point, but when I become an avatar, I don't think that's for me. <laughs> but our avatars could be just so like strong looking and <laughs> have much more hair. <laughs> yeah, I think there's just something about face to face, you know, like seeing people like even with masks, even with mask usage, you know, I've been seeing a lot of people pushing towards clear masks. Just so you can see people's mouths and smiles. It's just so important. I mean, as soon as we were done with the Virtual Counselor Awards, I got sad. It immediately brought out emotion in me because I missed those moments afterwards. Wherever we are in the city of Chicago, that's what keeps this industry so strong. It's all built on relationships and seeing people. And that's what's so hard about this period of time. Yeah. We had our promo chat conversation, which is our weekly Twitter conversation. Everyone should join it Wednesday, 3 p.m. And we were talking about networking. And I said, like, the one thing I really miss are side conversations. Like those conversations you just have, you know, you pop out of the conversation, chat a little bit, and then you pop back in. Like, I miss that so much. So, but rather than have this end on a sad note, what was your favorite part of the Counselor Awards this year? I really liked all of the award winner thank you speeches because yeah. they were done differently. And it gave the award winners a little bit of a chance to show creativity, too. And I think, Michelle, was it the Sobe guys that did that video on the green screen where they ended and they showed that they were not only were they in tuxes, but they were wearing their shorts? Sobe promos out of Miami. They were the distributor entrepreneurs of the year. So they were great because they're a bunch of young guys. and. You know, they clearly had a really good time with the video, as did Ryan Moore from All Made and Ryan Nett. He was the supplier entrepreneur of the year. I think Jake's right. You know, watching them and that they all filmed themselves, all 10 of them, and you know that they were able to be kind of personalize it to themselves. I am just thrilled that, again, it's kind of bittersweet for me the fifth time in 55 years that we've given this award to a woman. But I love that Joanne was the recipient of the person of the year, I think was 
wonderful. And we've got to go to her, you know, we all were transported for a second to a lake in Maine yeah. to see her speech. So that was a big positive there. Yeah. Her speech was so lovely too, how she attributed all her success to her team and how she wouldn't be that person without all the members of Geiger standing behind her. Yes, it was lovely, Kate. I agree. So yeah, my favorite part was that, was seeing Jake's right, seeing them. You know, how funny was it? How great was it, Kate, to see DeVille in all her DeVille-ness? <laughs> Usually there'd be a beer in her hand, though. <laughs> <laughs> With the pearl necklace, of course, right? And the sundress and, you know. <laughs> well, guys, this has been so informative and I'm taking notes on what we may need to do for our promo kitchen next year or in the next few months. With that said, is there anything you guys want to add or anything you feel we didn't cover? No, I think you guys were very, very thorough. I think if I were to leave you with one thing, I would say, look, again, as close as we all are and as used to being with each other, you know, this situation has forced us all to adapt. And if this industry excels at one thing, it is adaptability and flexibility. And I see it all the time, you know, that we're able to kind of be nimble and jump into new mediums. So I think that virtual events, they may not be my favorite things, but I mean, here we are. The good news is that this industry, I think, is doing a really good job stepping up to the plate. Awesome. Well, thank you guys both for your time. Kate, thank you. And we will talk to you guys soon. Thank you. Thanks, ladies. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to this edition of the Promo Kitchen Podcast. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you can always get involved in the Promo Kitchen community by visiting us at promokitchen.org. You can also show your support by donating to our cause at promokitchen.org donate. We would sincerely appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you.